I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back, everybody. Listen to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today, as always. I am Boyd Matheson, and as we round out our our week this week, uh, always an opportunity to to look back, not just at what has taken place during the course of the week, uh, but we always look at history to see uh, what's happening, what things took place. And it was six years ago today uh, that Muhammad Ali passed away. Uh, he was self declared the greatest. Uh, I had the opportunity a, a while back to actually do a, a really interesting interview with uh, Robert Lipsight, a uh, former New York Times sports reporter. Uh, he knew Muhammad Ali very well. He covered the champ for years and years and years. And I wanted to share just a, a couple of highlights from that as we look back at the life of uh, Muhammad Ali six years after his passing. Uh, his influence around the world continues uh, and uh, some uh, some pretty extraordinary moments. Uh, so I asked Robert uh, what he thought was one of Muhammad Ali's characteristics that really fashioned him into this incredible hero around the world. His incredible kindness. Mm-hmm. He's very. I mean, it almost bubbled out of him. Incredible sweetness with that humor uh, and and with that bluster and loudness. Uh, was this incredible sweetness and reaching out. So that was such a think again, aha, wow moment for me that here we were talking about the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, someone who had fought over and over and over inside the ring and out, by the way, with some of that bluster and loudness. And here's someone who had looked at his life up close for decades when he said, what was it that made him the champ? What was it that made him so amazing all around the world that he would say this tough, street, smart fighter, the most important characteristic he had was his kindness. His, as uh, Robert described it, his incredible sweetness. Uh, that is not what you normally think about when you think about a heavyweight boxing champion. So I, I pressed him on that a little bit, and I said, "Robert, you got to give me you got to give me more than that. That's a uh, that is a wow moment kind of headline uh, about Muhammad Ali. That it was his his sweetness, his kindness uh, that just bubbled out of him. But you got to you got to help me understand that because that's not what we normally see for someone who makes a living fighting with their fists. We're racing across." The uh, deserted terminal of uh, of a little airport in Florida. I'm 
desperate to make this last flight home. And I'm, it's just Ali and me. And I'm kind of tugging him along, tugging him along. Come on, let's go. Let's move faster. And he's kind of, you know, sauntering. Oh, the plane will wait for us. No, no, we have to go. And suddenly a little old lady jumps in front of us with one of those uh, little drugstore paper cameras. Oh, Mr. Ali, could I have your photograph? Said, of course. And he stopped. And clicked. She takes her picture. Great. I grab his sleeve. He said, no, 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 wait. And he reaches out so delicately and removes the lens cap from her camera. She had left the lens cap on. And, and he posed for one more picture, you know, before we left. And I said, my God, we're going to miss the plane. He said, yes, but think of her the rest of her life. She lost her chance to take a picture of the champ. Something just so kind of sweet uh, about that. Okay, I, I love that, that... Uh... Can you imagine what that little old lady would have felt if she had gotten home and developed that film in that little cheap camera uh, and found it to be blank because she hadn't taken the lens cap off? And the fact that Muhammad Ali would stop while he's racing to catch a plane to uh, not only take one picture, but then to stop and to say, let's make sure we get the lens cap off and let's take it again. Uh, I think uh, spoke volumes about the kind of person he was and the kind of connection he had to people. Uh, I think that was one of the unique attributes uh, of Muhammad Ali was he could connect with anybody at any level anywhere in the world. And I think part of that was because he understood who he was. And he also understood that there were things that just transcend politics, things that transcend nationality, thing that tra- things that transcend uh, language, and he understood the the value of a smile and a little bit of laughter, and he used that in really extraordinary ways to do a lot of good things. Now, one of the other things that we talked about uh, with Robert Lipsight uh, as we had our conversation about Muhammad Ali was, of course, uh, he was not without controversy. Uh, Muhammad Ali refused to be drafted into the military uh, during the Vietnam War. And it was interesting to hear Robert's take on this season of Ali's life. It would have been very easy for him uh, to to go along or to to make uh, uh, some verbal uh, statements about uh, where things were going and what was happening. And Robert described it a little bit differently. Again, a little surprising to me. Robert Lipsight uh, really described this as this was really Muhammad Ali putting his money where his mouth was. The one thing that's incontrovertible is that um, he really put uh, his uh, money where his mouth was. I can't think who else other than, well, maybe, you know, a case could be made for Colin Kaepernick. But who gave up three and a half years of his prime as an athlete and the millions of dollars, not only that he would have made – at that time, but for the rest of his life. He never really made a lot of money compared to his athletic supremacy, uh, just because corporations really didn't want to get involved with somebody who had that kind of seeming anti-government taint. So again, really interesting. Uh, Ali was willing to say, okay, it's the prime of my career, and I'm going to take three and a half years and and, uh, stand down. And of course, uh, as Robert described it, uh, he gave up a, a lot, millions and millions of dollars, millions and millions and millions in terms of advertising uh, and uh, corporate sponsorships uh, because of that. 
Uh, I want to close out with one uh, last uh, reminiscence from uh, Robert Lipsight. He said Muhammad Ali had a controversial early, early life, was part of uh, a religious cult. But Robert said that he changed and he left things behind because he continued to become what he thought he was supposed to be. As he became more and more silent, and this beautiful face had less and less expression, more and more people saw in him something that we all wanted. And and some of it, Boyd, was, you know, that idea that he wasn't all brute strength, as you alluded to, that he was thinking. And that was uh, my conversation with Robert Lipsight uh, six years ago today. Muhammad Ali passed away, and his legacy continues on. Uh, his fame around the world continues on. And, of course, he was known for being flashy and a bit of a showboat and uh, always had something to say and usually said it loudly and proudly. And he also uh, became more reflective uh, as he went through life. And uh, I love the way that Robert described that at the end that as he became more silent, that his face had less expression as as he dealt with uh, the disease of Parkinson's, that people saw in him something that we all wanted. Uh, some of it was the idea that he wasn't all brute strength, but that he was really thinking. And we all need a, a little bit more of that. I think often we try to muscle our way through life, uh, whether that's through sheer will whether that's through just hard work, whether that's through just not letting anything get in our way and we keep going. Uh, But the lesson to me from Muhammad Ali uh, was his kindness. I keep coming back to that. Uh, He always had a smile. He always had time uh, for those who were interested, for those who were the fans, uh, those who wanted that picture or that autograph. Uh, I had the chance to to meet uh, Muhammad Ali down in San Diego and uh, just listening, he didn't say a lot uh, in those days, uh, but there was a softness and a kindness uh, that is what we all ought to be looking for. Uh, we don't have to be in the ring. We don't have to fight on Twitter. We don't have to fight on social media. We don't have to fight over every political whim. Uh, we can be kind. We can start with that. And the champ was right. Kindness is king. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.